Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khan Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. This is our third episode in our summer series of how to prepare for the new school year. And today, I'm really excited to talk about how to create a personal leadership philosophy. So leadership philosophies are developed over time with experience and are not role or company specific. A leadership philosophy will be both deeply personal and always professional. And through your leadership philosophy, you really convey priorities, expectation, your communication style, and a lot of your values and morals and ethics. A leadership philosophy really serves as a kind of ethical and professional compass that everyone on your team or in your company can look to and model their own interactions with others. A big part of your leadership philosophy really defines your reputation, your character in the organization that you lead and beyond. And the reason why I'm dedicating an entire podcast episode to creating a personal leadership philosophy is because you already have a leadership philosophy. How you're showing up every single day is already a huge part of your philosophy and the way that you choose to lead and manage your people. And this episode is about pausing. It's about taking a moment to reflect, slow down, and really understand what is your leadership approach? How do you approach personal leadership and company leadership? Now, if you're an owner or an executive, you have a very specific approach to leadership. So let's take an example from a completely different industry. So let's say we take, for example, Gordon Ramsay. He's very famous for his shows on Hell's Kitchen and MasterChef and other shows that he does in cooking. He's also very famous for his 30 restaurants that he owns. I think believe he has 14 Michelin stars. Very, very famous, iconic world chef. Now, Ramsey is known 
in the industry for pushing people to be their best. He pushes his chefs, his wait staff, all the people that work in his restaurants to be their best. And he does that in a very specific way. He has very high demands, very high standards. And many times he yells at his participants. He yells at the chefs. He yells at the people that are on the show. This is his approach to the way that he leads and manages his people. Now, this episode is not about agreeing with his approach or not agreeing with his approach. I want you to recognize that the way that he chooses to push people is through high demands, high standards, and many times yelling at the participants. That might not be your approach, right? You have a different leadership philosophy. What you want to understand is that every person who's in a position of leadership has a specific approach of how they lead and manage people. Now, Let's take, for example, the micromanager approach, because I know that that's very touchy for a lot of people. I have a lot of leaders that we work with in our directors in our circle and our owners HQ program who talk about their fear of micromanagement. And I understand that fear, right? There's a big fear about not wanting to micromanage somebody. Now, the flip side is a lot of people are like, oh, I have a hands-off approach. It's not either or. It's not I micromanage or I have a hands-off approach. It's a combination. Many times we don't want to micromanage people is or you know lead them is because we're afraid to overmanage. And then we do a hands-off approach, which basically ends up being perceived as I don't really care you, I trust you, go do your thing, you know, whatever it is. And What we want to recognize is there's a combination between managing and leading, right? You don't need to micromanage, but you do need to manage expectation and standards. You don't need to do a hands-off approach, but you do need to give trust and respect that the person will do their work. So these are just some examples in understanding what a leadership philosophy is. So I'm going to share with you three parts of my personal leadership philosophy because I'm going to use this episode as kind of a jumping board to help you unpack what is your leadership philosophy and how do you want to show up as a leader? What you need to remember is that like with anything in life, anything you say yes to, you're also saying no to other things. Anything you say no to, that means you're able to say yes to other things. And so some of the stuff that I'm going to share with you be like, yeah, oh, I love that, you know, part of the leadership philosophy. And I want you to recognize that everything has a shadow side. And so when you're carefully crafting your leadership philosophy and your approach to leadership, you always need to remember there's a shadow side. And I'm going to explain that in today's episode. So the first component of my leadership philosophy is I believe that everything is a skill. Everything. I believe that every single thing that you want your team to do is a skill and can be coached and can be trained for the person who wants to learn. So I believe that resilience is a skill. I believe that confidence is a skill. I believe that humility is a skill. I believe that creativity is a skill. All of these things are things that you're not born with. You're not born with humility or creativity or confidence. Now, there are some people that are predisposed to be more easygoing in life, to be more this. Maybe they had a different upbringing. You know, different people have different opportunities in life when they're younger. People sometimes look at me and they're like, oh, you're such a natural leader. You know, I've had over two decades of experience running ship. I'm one of eight brothers and sisters. I've been a parent since I was eight years old. I've been managing, running schedules, 
being creative, managing other people, leading other people, doing conflict resolution. I've been doing that since I was a kid. So it might seem that I have a lot more skill in this area. And it's true. I do have a lot of skill in this area. And a lot of the skill comes from training on the job, doing this for a really, really long time. The other thing to recognize is because I believe that everything is a skill and I believe that everything could be coached and trained, when I have team members who are struggling, there are some leaders that look at them like, oh, okay, they're not a fit for the job. Or, you know, I need to bring someone else in or I need to let this person go. You know, they're not they're not understanding it. The flip side for me is because I believe this so inherently. I really believe that everyone could be coached and trained. So I have a very high tolerance, super high tolerance and super high patience level for when things don't go right, for when there's a breakage in communication, for when there's like, I have a super high tolerance for that because I believe that with the right coaching and training, the person can elevate themselves. But I also believe on the flip side of coaching and training, the person has to have the desire to want to be coached, meaning I could believe that the person is amazing, but the person has to come back and say, yes, I want to be trained in this area. I want to be coached in this area. So this is a huge component of my leadership philosophy. Everything is a skill. So when someone tells me I'm not creative, I'm like, that's a decision that you're making, that you're not creative. It's a skill. It's a skill. So this is one part of my leadership philosophy. Another part of my leadership philosophy is I believe that everyone deserves a lot of chances and grace in life. Um, I believe that everyone makes mistakes, everyone makes lots of mistakes, and people need grace and forgiveness. Now, this comes to bite me a lot because, because I believe that everyone makes mistakes and because I believe in a lot of chances, my people make mistakes my people get a lot of chances. Why do I believe this as an approach? Because I care more about innovation and creativity and more about a person's ability to bring their best foot forward than I do about some mistakes that happen. So here's what you need to understand. At the cost of creativity and innovation, and our company is very on the high end of creativity, of keeping our pulse on everything that's going on. We're very timely. We're very current. We're constantly letting members, giving members what they need before they even ask for it. We're always hearing from our members. Oh my God, that's exactly what I need. How did you know that? This is so timely. This is exactly what I'm working on. Those kinds of things come at the cost of other stuff, right? The ability to be timely, the ability to identify trends, the ability to look at what's coming and forecasting what's happening is true creativity, innovation, and strategic thinking. That can sometimes come where there's a mess at the back end because when you're constantly being innovative and creative, you can't follow a process or a standard for every single thing. Things break along the way. And so my business looks very messy at the back end. Not everything is perfect or not everything is documented and not every standard or system is put together. Many things are made up on the fly. And I choose that because I want creativity and innovation over that. So yes, we have standards of excellence. We have standards for the way that we do things. We have standards of communication. And then there are a lot of things that I'm okay with happening in the last minute because it's timely and it serves our members. And so the result of my leadership philosophy of giving grace 
so that I could have the creativity and innovation that are the foundations of schools of excellence means that I need to be patient with mistakes. I need to be patient and give grace. And these are the things that sometimes come at the paradox of leadership philosophies, where I remember I had a conversation. This is back in the day when I used to go into schools and really sit in classrooms and observe people. And I was having a conversation with a particular owner, and she was really trying to shift towards a curriculum approach that was more progressive, more regu inspired. And she was really struggling with getting her teachers on board. And so I took some time to really observe the interactions that she had with her teachers to really look at what is she rewarding? What is she complimenting and giving gratitude to and all of these things? And and I observed many of the one-on-ones and then just kind of the flyby conversations. And one of the things that I spoke to the owner about, you know, after I did a pretty extensive observation, it was over the course of about a month. I came into a meeting with her and I said, listen, I know that this is something that you really want. You really want creativity, progressive, um, more regular inspired approach. You want innovation, but you're rewarding rules. You're rewarding following directions. You're rewarding very explicit train schedule type of routines with the kids. And she's like, what do you mean by that? And I said, When someone comes in and shows you their schedule of the day and shows you the minute by minute play by play of the schedule and shows you the exact type of art activity that she's going to be doing with the kids in three months from now, and you're rewarding that, you're not rewarding creativity and thought provoking questions and intentional conversations. Because if a teacher knows what she's doing in three months from now, it means she's not listening to the kids. The kids don't know what they want to do in three months from now. And I said, I understand that your heart is pulling you towards this more progressive approach, but that comes with a completely different style of what you expect your teachers to bring to you. A different style of lesson planning, a different style of conversation, a different style of collaboration. And you don't want that because you can't control that. And that's okay. But you have to accept that this is your standard and this is your school. And if you want the other side, then you have to invite more collaboration. There has to be more conversation. There has to be more mistakes. There's going to be a ton of trial and error. And when I really explained that to her, she was like, you know what? You're right. I don't want that. I still need this. And I said, great, then fully accept that. And that's the way your school is. There is no shame in having that. That's a decision that she's making. But stop making decisions that aren't in alignment with your philosophy and where you're heading. So when I say I want creativity and innovation, what I'm saying is I want trial and error. I want mistakes. I want all of this stuff because that's how we learn. Okay, now let's go into my third and final part of my leadership philosophy. And I have a lot of other approaches, but I'm going to, you know, for the purpose of keeping the podcast straightforward is I'm going to share my top three. My final leadership philosophy is I believe that people should ask for help. I believe that the strongest people ask for help. I believe that the best leaders ask for help and have mentors and advisors and coaches and people that they connect with. I believe that people need permission 
to ask for help. They need to be told you have permission to ask for help when you need it. I believe that part of onboarding is that people who are new to your company should know in this company, we have difficult conversations. In this company, we ask for help. In this company, you are never expected to know exactly what you need to do. You are expected to ask for help when you don't know. You are not expected to get everything perfect. You are expected to come forward and ask for help when you're stuck. What this means is, is that I invest seven hours a week in leading, supporting, and coaching my team. Seven hours. I only work 25 hours a week. A third of my week is spent on investing in coaching and being available for my team and supporting my team. Because I believe that people should ask for help. I believe with the right kind of help, this is how I elevate my people. Now, a lot of people are like, well, that's way too much. I can't do it. And here's my philosophy, right? You are helping them either the right way or the emergency way. The emergency way is help. There's a fire. Come help. Right. And then you go running and that fire might actually take you seven whole hours just on that one fire. So I believe in investing forward thinking in the growth and development of my team. And I believe that people should ask for help, which means part of that is also when I bring people on and I'm giving them over information, I do not expect myself to have every single detail. I do not expect myself to have every part of the process and system in place at all. I'm going to give you as much of information as I have. And here is what you have permission to do. You have permission to come back and say, I don't understand this. And what you can expect from me is thank you for coming forward. Thank you for having the courage to speak up. Thank you for having the courage to ask. I will always thank you for asking for help. You will never be demeaned or looked down upon for asking for help. So now I want to hear from you. What are your leadership philosophies? How do they manifest itself in the day? How do they show up for you, for your school, for your team, for the school of excellence that you're trying to build? I'm really excited to hear from you guys. Come on, join us over in the Facebook group where we continue to have the conversation. Thanks so much for joining us here today on how to create your personal leadership philosophy. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.